You're listening to And I'm Kay, and this is a podcast where I teach Quincy a little bit about Marvel. And I teach Kay a little bit about makeup. (laughs) We say this every single time. (laughs) No, it's, I just realized in the middle of this, I have it, I'm on two monitors today, and I was like, oh no, they're going to know it's a script. (laughs) (laughs) I always, mine's right here, so I always look off at the side. Um, And uh, quick uh, spoiler alert, we do have MCU spoilers ahead, so warning. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. And today we have a great guest uh, who is a writer, filmmaker, and performer. She recently wrote on season two of Dollface on Hulu and season two of First Wives Club on BET+. And she's also one of the hosts of Third and Fairfax, the WGAW podcast. Please welcome Josephine, Josephine Green's Green. <laughs> Aw, hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for <laughs> being here. Thanks for being here. Yeah. I actually I forgot to ask, how do, how do you say your last name? I, I remember because you got married and that's where the the Z the Zang Jang Park comes from. How how do you pronounce that? You you actually say j- like Jong, like Jong. Like, like it's almost like a J, but like with a soft H after it. So it's like j- like Zsa Zsa Gabor, kind of like oh, Zsa, okay. Zong, like Jong, Jong. Yeah, like oh, that. It's like, there's a Korean name that's like that. Korean last name, J-E-O-N-G, Zhang. Yeah. Yeah, similar. I'm, I, there's so much overlap, you know, with, with every, like with Korea and, and Chinese. And it, what's funny is my family's maiden name is Yang. So uh-huh. I used to, <laughs> so like at one point I went by Josephine Green Yang and then I just switched it to Jang. And I guess like Jang, Jang Yang means sort of has like a, in China, it's like new money, rich, rich. <laughs> I will take. Yes, love it. We'll take it. <laughs> I also love that Zhang and Yang are so close to each other and like you usually don't get Y and Z last names and you got in both. Yeah. Yes, I did. I think like there's something about later in the alf- alphabet with the last name that's a little more re- rebellious because you were like, called on last in school and you're like "Mm, i'm at the back of the line yeah yeah you're whenever they start roll call you're like uh sit back for a while (laughs) i just just had like a flashback of like seven-year-old you being like "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) i dare you to say my name (laughs) i'm just gonna drink from the water fountain while you all go to class (laughs) <laughs> I can be late. They're not going to get to me until like 15 minutes. In. That's funny. I have um, a f- obvi- my name's obviously on the closer end of the alphabet. And I do, I do feel like, yeah, I definitely felt like I had to be like, um, ready crisscross. Yeah. Ready to go. Cause my name was going to get called interesting. <laughs> I mean, the truth was I was a G so like I would be in the, not like a little gangster, but like I was, a G, I was so <laughs> I was in the middle. So I was kind of like, mm, good kids or bad kids. Which one do I go with? <laughs> like, um, this like that to do with Marvel. <laughs> 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 but like, again, like with the names, we'll take it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is the Marvel makeup podcast. Um, Joe, we have you with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I call, I call you Joe that we, that's right, right? Because yeah, I, Joe's good. Joe, Josephine. I remember know. when we first met, you were like, Joe. I was like, okay. Um, but whenever, whenever I read it, I, I see the whole thing. So I'm always like, have this you for, for, for prefer Joe or Josephine? Uh, well, we're going to go with uh, Joe and Josephine, whatever you like. Um, but we're also going to dive into Spider-Man Homecoming today, uh, which came out on July 7th, 2017. Um, just to get you in the mindset of what was happening in 2017. Um, that was the year the unicorn Frappuccino came out. I never sh- I never tried that. I was like, this has way too much color. 
I don't, I don't trust it. Um, it was also the year of the solar eclipse. Um, the year that the fidget spinners were having a moment. Did you guys use those? Did you have one? Yeah. I did get a bunch of free ones from my, from my husband. He did for some reason, his office gave out a bunch. So I had a lot of fidget spinners. I I mean, I, I remember a lot of people were going at that and I was just like, cool, cool. And then, and, and it kind of became a thing of like, you know, you would talk about and be like, what's the real use of it? And get into like these talks about like the point of it. But then sure enough, like a year later, you're like, they're gone. (laughs) I just remember as far as use goes, I saw them at a burlesque show as pasties, which were very interesting. And now when I think I know both of you, um, And I would say they were the most ingenious use of fidget spinners. And they whirled. They whirled and twirled. That's pretty cool because the ones I have are really heavy. So I'm like, oh, that's like, that's some nip, that's some nipple, like muscle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like nip power. Yeah. Nip power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, what's really interesting is that, you know, later we're going to talk about Rihanna's Fenty line. It actually debuted in 2017. So very, uh, interesting connection. And And four years later today, she's a billionaire. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then one final, uh, highlight that I remember that I thought was great to mention, um, you know, because this movie came out in 2017, Tom Holland, Zendaya, Zendaya were doing press and one of their press uh, events was doing lip sync battle um, on Paramount Network. Or I, I did not was... know that was part of their press tour. Oh, my God. Have yeah. you seen it, Joe? Yes, I have. Oh, it's he, so um... good. Oh, who did, who does, he, he, did does Rihanna, he does Rihanna with yeah, the he singing does Rihanna. in the rain thing because of his yeah. Broadway background. Umbrella. Yes. Umbrella. Yes. Yep. Yep. I, an iconic performance from from both of them. And I remember when I watched that because they actually, you know, they both cross dress because um, Zendaya does Bruno Mars and then Tom Holland does Rihanna. And I was just like, these this truly is a a new Spider-Man, like, <laughs> you know, because. <laughs> I you I don't think you had ever seen Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire like cross dress and do drag like on a on like a TV show you know and be also be in like in a major movie, um, so yeah so just a little bit of uh, a little bit of the highlights that were from 2017 but let's dive into the movie it was directed by John Watts um, who also directed the other Spider Man movies in the MCU um, funnily enough the new Spider Man movie that's going to come out later this year the trailer just dropped this past week um which he directed um and other movies he wrote he directed a a movie called clown and a movie called cop car and uh various episodes of the onion news network um so a bit of a comedy background for him um and i also thought this was interesting you know the screenplay like a lot of these Big blockbuster movies are written by several people. Um, This one was written by three different teams of guys. One was John Watts and his um, writing partner, Christopher Ford. Um, Another team was Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, who John Francis Daly, I don't know if you watched Freaks and Geeks, but he played Sam, who was like the lead kid in it. So like now as an adult, he's writing Marvel movies. And then one of the other writing teams was Chris McKenna and Eric Sommers. And they actually have a lot of like comedy credits as well. Like they wrote on community and they also wrote on um, Jumanji, the new welcome to the jungle one with Dwayne Dwayne Johnson and on, and then the Ant-Man, Ant-Man two, Ant-Man the Wasp. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of like comedic people kind of also uh, adding, contributing to these movies, even though they're like big boss, Buster action movies. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, just to start us off, um, Joe, uh, what's your kind of hot take on Spider-Man Homecoming? You know, this is when we were thinking about like uh, inviting guests for phase three. This is one of the movies that you're just like, oh, yes, I like Sp- I love Spider-Man. I'll, I'll join you for Spider-Man. What's your what's kind of your your overall take on Spider-Man Homecoming? My take on Spider-Man Homecoming is that this is the best Spider-Man live action Spider-Man. I will say, you know, the, the animated Spider-Man, Spider-Man into the universe is like really like, they're just 
both neck and neck. Wonderful. But um, my take, Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man to have ever been Spider-Man. Um, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire cannot hold a candle. And like, if you go back and watch Tobey Maguire in that Spider-Man, it's painful. Because oh, wow. Holland is so good. I don't, I don't need to ever see the old Spider-Mans because Tom Holland is charismatic. He's, he's just nuanced, sweet, earnest, um, you know, that, so Tom Holland delivers, I think Zendaya and him are cute, great, you know, uh, couple like, and her sarcastic Mary Jane, her take on that is also wonderful and they have wonderful chemistry and Ned as like the best friend, um, boy in the chair, uh, <laughs> is the, like, is just so funny. I can rewatch it again just for his one-liners and yeah, I mean, this is the best Spider-Man. <laughs> I <laughs> That's just my take. realized Zendaya was Mary Jane when you said she's Mary Jane and she goes at the end, I'm MJ. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I <laughs> Yeah, they just drop that. it. They just drop it. Yep. Because her name's Michelle. Yeah. Sure. Okay, yeah. cool. I mean, I mean, definitely a new spin on the character. You know, I, I will say like, you know, when I was younger, I don't want to date myself too much, but I was close. I that's when the Tobey Maguire movies were come had come out. Um, so that was kind of like my reference in terms of like live action Spider Man. Um, and so yeah, seeing this new version, I was like, okay, what what's the what are they bringing? What is the big spin? And and I think just the fact that it is part of the Marvel universe, it referenced so much of, you know, the previous movies and Iron Man is pretty is in the movie. Um, that's what kind of makes it so, so special and unique. Um, and, and the fact that, and I remember them talking about this and kind of like, you know, interviews and stuff like that with like the creators and the director, this is kind of the first time where you see Peter, mostly as a kid, like in the other movies, he's kind of an adult for a good portion of the movies. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, he's, he, you know, he starts the movie still in high school. He ends the movie still in high school. Um, and that's kind of like what kind of hero he was in the comic books. Um, like he was the one that was known as like the kid, like he was the kid superhero, which is why so many people, you know, kids loved him because they're like, oh, he's just like me. He's not like a billionaire or like a god or like, you know, a soldier. He's not an adult. He's a kid that's like me. Um, so, you know, I I I agree that this is a this is one of my favorite movies of Spider-Man movies of MCU movies. Um, and yeah, very, very rewatchable. Um, what, what do you think, Quincy? What was your I similarly, you know, I watched Spider-Man when it came out, the Tobey Maguire one. And Mm -hmm. like that one, I feel like feels so iconic. Right. Just because it's like if they did like a remake of Harry Potter. Right. Like, okay, it's like and it's not like Harry Potter level of icon, but like it was so iconic with Mary Jane and the origin story. So to Josephine's point, I will say I'm glad they didn't do just a reboot of the same thing and yeah, the put Uncle a different take on. Yeah, and like because we already know that we don't need another one of that with flashier things. And kind of what she to what Joe you were saying was, and to what you were saying, Kay, I liked that we got to see him figure it out. I liked that so much of who he was played into who he was as a superhero. Like he's figuring it out. He's clumsy. He's, he's, he's still a kid. And there's like a realness and a great heartwarming goofiness to that, that I think Spider-Man needs. Like, I think the uncle Ben, ness of his origin story is like really, I like that take because it's dark and gritty and that's also real, right? Like kids losing someone and like, getting that push to be bigger and less scared, but it was also fun just to watch him figure shit out. Cause like, I think very much we would, I I felt I related to him. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and, uh, and also I will also say that I think one of the strengths of this movie 
um, also lies in its villain in Michael Keaton playing tombs. Um, You know, we've been watching all of the Marvel movies in order and uh, of their release. And I think we've kind of found this pattern of like the stronger movies, the villains kind of have more like depth to them and, and kind of their, the the strength of their character really adds a lot to the movies. They're yeah. just there. They're, they have motive. My only thing was with his, I loved him. He was such a great baddie. Uh, the only thing I guess, uh, you know, he was like, I have a, a thing to protect a family to protect. And then, you know, the reversal, I know I texted UK when I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, her, it's his daughter. Um, I guess I just, it felt a little like, I love the reveal, but then it just, I don't know. I don't know. It just, you know, I loved his turn of like being the little guy turned bad, but I like guess a I don't blue know if collar I, villain. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's real too. Right. Cause he's, he's getting squished uh, from the top down. I don't know if I bought it. I don't know if you guys felt. The oh, same. really? It just, it was like, he, it, I, I couldn't get invested. I knew it was important, but because we never got to see what was so important to him until the very end, I, could, mm. I I didn't feel for him as much as I could. And then it felt like the re- the reason we didn't get to see it was the reveal of the connection. And then it just wasn't as like, I don't know, sweet. I guess I would have wanted to see like what he was protecting and what was so important. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you wanted to see his family. Like you wanted to see like him. Yeah. And, mm, interesting. Because we never like, got to see oh. that vulnerable side of like what he would. And I think if we got to see him be vulnerable as the baddie, it's like, then you're conflicted, right? Because mm. it's like, oh, he's he essentially doing small arms deals in New York City, but like he has a very valid reason. But because we didn't get to see that soft side to him, like till the very end, it just didn't. I don't know. I like to get very emotional watching movies, and I was just like, <laughs> why, aren't, "Why aren't why aren't I crying?" Um, yeah, I, I mean, don't know if you guys felt the same or not. Well, I mean, I for me, considering, I mean, they they actually open the movie with him. Like, you don't get to Spider Man until after the flip, after the Marvel Comics flip. So, and this was actually one of the first times I actually noticed that. And so, for me they got me right away with him having that argument and then being like, you know, punching out the guy in the suit and then being like, you know, they make these messes and they, you know, and then they hire themselves to clean it up. And this was supposed to be our job. You know, I, I was on board by then. Cause I was just like, Oh, that's a very legitimate, you know, reason and just, you know, justification. And also maybe I'm still kind of like in the world of civil war, you know, I'm still kind of, I'm still remembering like the Zemo effect of like, you know, uh, the people, how people are the actual real people on the ground are affected by all these like big superhero, um, you know, events. Um, so for me, I was like, dude, dude has a point and he's doing, he's doing what he can. And, and I, and I, I don't, and this was really subtle, uh, the first times I view, I watched it, but I recognized it more the first, this time he was trying his best to like stay under the radar. You know, he kept saying like, you don't want the Avengers to come down here. You don't want Iron Man to come down here. Let's, let's do this. But he wasn't trying to like make a name for himself. He wasn't trying to be like a big bad. He was just trying to like, really just trying to make a living, you know? Um, So, yeah. So I, and I, I, I can see how, like, if we had gotten more hints of like, he has a family life, it might've been shown his vulnerability, but I think that was because of the reveal of when he opens the door and, and like, like you said, Joe, like Tom Holland's nuance, especially in that scene with, you know, when he's, you know, realizing who he is and the whole time after he just has this like sick look on his face. I was like, Oh man, that's, that's, that's really great acting. That's <laughs> like, that's, he played Billy Elliot, you know, that's, that's yeah. going to make you tear up. He can play Billy Elliot. He can dance as a Spider-Man boy, uh, Spider-Boy man. <laughs> this edition. But like, I have to agree with you. Like, I, I really loved, um, and they do this in a lot of Marvel movies where they start with the story of the villain. Mm. They get in, they get out. I want to say Ant-Man, but I'm kind of, I'm, I'm failing on that one. But I, but I know definitely like in Iron Man 
in one of the Iron Mans, they, or they, they start, they start with the story of the villain. Oh yeah. Iron yeah. Man two, I think two with, yeah. um, Venko, Venkov, I think Ivan. Mickey. The- Rourke. Yeah. <laughs> who is who is not Mickey not Rooney? Mickey Rooney. <laughs> we made that watch movie. the whole movie thinking I was like, Mickey Rooney is not dead. Also, what? <laughs> He's really made up from that breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> That's literally what I thought. I was like, we must have been really young when he shot. I was like, man, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think um what I think works about the opening with the villain in this one is that he is um, he, like his work, his uh, coworkers are his family. And that becomes mm. a theme that he gets to live this dual life where it's like, he's protecting, you know, it's, it reminds me of like season two of the wire, the guys on the docks and they're like looking out for like their team and they have to keep this hidden. And I think what's so smart is that they, they like that, that like Marvel, the, like, um, that they make it like like Stark Industries. Um, I was just saying Marvel. I got <laughs> Stark Industries is like a big corporation, and that they're like, oh, this alien tech. It's it's like their gold that they find, and they have to sweep under the rug, and they like keep it for themselves and learn to use it. And I just think that's such a smart way of like you as a metaphor for like put like stealing from the from the big corporation and like making it out. You know, it's like it's like if an Amazon worker like just just had like this shipping company and like get totally made out you know, with a whole right. bunch of money and screw- so it's just very like relatable and you get why he's doing it and you're like yeah screw stark industries yeah like, i mean right. that's actually isn't that why ant-man went to jail because he was stealing from a big corporation that and, and I guess he was doing it. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. He had like I think he was doing it like espionage, like hacking ish kind of stuff. Yeah, it was like a computer, like cybersecurity something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you know, yeah. How how interesting is that? Like kind of the same kind of methods, but then in this movie he breaks as the villain, and then you know another in another instance you know they could break as a hero. Um, so, so yeah, and, and I will just also say Michael Keaton talk about, you know, the superhero genre canon. I mean, he was Batman to me growing up. Um, so he does come from, and the fact that he is also a flying character <laughs> in this also, movie guys, too. You know what I realized watching this? I fucking confuse him. <laughs> this is another, it's going to be embarrassing. I confuse him and Michael Caine all the time. Michael Caine, oh, like the old British friend. dude. Yes. <laughs> There's such a big age gap. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I think my brain was like, cause I've heard people say Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, favorite actor, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, I too love Albert, but like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. And then when I nope. saw him, I was like, oh, wait, no different. <laughs> I think cause they kind of look the same to me, like same ovalish face. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Michael Keaton's gotten older and there, there's something to be said. Sometimes just honestly, if, if two actors have similar sounding names, they, there's reason enough to confuse them. You know, yeah. that, I, they were both in Batman. So I hear you. I hear you. On I think SNL did a whole sketch about that of like Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney. Did you guys ever see that sketch? No, but just... this sounds like it was made for me because <laughs> basically it was like a game show sketch where they're like, tell us, is this Dermot, Dermot, Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mul- Mulroney? And they're and the people are just like, uh, who, who are they? And they're like, they're both actors. They're two different people, but their names are very similar. Tell us which one is which. No, I, yeah, Michael Cannon. I, but see, I don't think I'm completely wrong for this because there's certain celebrities that look really close to each other. Like, true, Na- true. like Natalie Portman and uh, Kira Knightley kind of look similar to like, I mean, they have like very small, delicate faces like brunettes. Um, yeah, I'm looking at Michael Caine right now. I'm like, yep, he still kind of looks like Michael Caine to me a little bit. Oh, okay. I mean, but they, yeah. they do have a bit of an age gap, but you know, they leading men. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Michael Caine's definitely a bit older. I probably but, at least I mean, Michael Keaton looks older now. Like he doesn't look like the Batman that we knew when he was Batman. Yeah, mm. kind of. He he's kind of looking more like Michael Caine now. <laughs> um, yeah, he looks he to me that way of speaking. So yeah, I was like, 
Hmm. That's yeah. when I was like, oh, I've been confusing these these two Michaels the whole time. <laughs> well, well, now hopefully we'll, uh, you know, dig into the fact that they're not the same people. Yeah. Classic, classic Quincy, Michael versus Michael, yeah. another like Mickey versus Mickey. Um, but, you know, another thing I really appreciated about this movie was the diverse cast, especially among the young people. You know, you have, you know, Asians, uh, you know, black people, other people of color, you know, that are populating his world. Um, So I thought that was really, really cool because, you know, you come up again with all these movies before and you would see kind of the same, you know, Caucasian other friends are also their the friends are also Caucasian and the sporting cast is also Caucasian. But I felt like this definitely felt again more modern and more the in the new era uh world um because it was populated by more diverse people. Um I and and actually you know really fun uh just like supporting cast in terms of like the adults, the teachers, um the the woman who played uh, the teacher in like the, the math class at the beginning, she's actually currently on, um, uh, diary of a future president on Disney plus. She plays the mom on that. I, I should have looked up her name. Orange is in the new. Black. Yeah. She was also an orange, orange. and new black. Oh, in that. She was, she was uh, like the, the head chef who took over for red in like season one. Oh, she's oh, with yeah, the Latinx. Yeah. Like she represents their side when yeah. red get loses her job. Yeah. So yes. she, so she's really great. And um, I don't know if you remember this. So remember uh, Quincy, when we were watching Incredible Hulk and there was the guy who was like in the lab when Ed Norton brings up the pizza. Yes. You told yes. me to remember that. He plays the teacher who takes them to Washington, D.C. Shut up. Yep. Yep. And and that was kind of just a coincidence. It, Martin Starr. It's Martin Starr. Right? I'm like, yeah, wait, yeah, Martin yeah. Starr, yeah. Right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Freaks and Geek, another Freaks and Geeks, another Freaks and Geeks alumni. Um, but when uh, you know, I think his casting was a bit of a coincidence, especially since Incredible Hulk came out so long ago. But Mm -hmm. it basically, you in the world of Marvel, it it is justified that they could be the same character that he you know went to uh, that school and was a student at that school at that time, and then now he teaches. Yeah, at uh, at Spider Man school, he was great. Yeah, yeah, he's really really funny. I thought Ned was the breakout star of. I don't know if he was like already a name actor prior to this, but I thought he was like you know. There's always like a breakout star in one of these movies sometimes, and I just thought he fucking killed it. Yeah, yeah, so funny. So funny. My favorite, one of my favorite scene is when he's covering, like he's like the man in the chair and then the teacher walks in and he's like, she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm watching porn. <laughs> That's his like, best excuse. I know I heard it, but it's just like one that I can remember. <laughs> like just like stole a scene, just like the worst cover, but also works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, what's, which justified, but also would get her off my back. <laughs> You're just like, uh, yeah, I guess yeah, that would work. Um, oh, the the Latinx actress, her name is Selena's Livia. Uh, mm-hmm. That's her name. Um, but and then also another connection to a previous uh, uh, MCU movie. Uh, the Asian principal Kenneth Choi is the actor's name. He pre uh, he. Uh, plays Principal Morita, and technically in the timeline of the MCU, he's supposed to be a descendant of the uh, one of the Howling Commandos that uh, worked with Captain America and First Avenger. Okay, so then, okay, that is kind of cool because I noticed when he called Tom Holland's here, P- Peter into his office on his thingy. There's a photo, a black and white photo of him. Yes. I'm guessing it's his grandfather, maybe, but it's probably him uh, in like uniform. Yes. Yes. So that's supposed to be his like grand gra- grandfather, great grandfather. I knew um, he looked Jim familiar. Morita. I was just like, he looks so familiar. Yeah. But, and they're, they're the same actor, but you know, because they brought him back, they made that connection um, to the previous movie. Um, which movie again in, in, 
in uh, first Avenger, Captain America, first Avenger. So the first Captain America movie, um, one of the howling commandos, uh, the team that he goes out with, you know, when Bucky was still Bucky and mm-hmm. um, Domino Dugan, and they're all like going and fighting Hydra. Um, Jim Morita is one of the howling commandos. And so he's technically a descendant of this principal Morita that shows up in homecoming in spider-man homecoming um which you know in itself the word homecoming uh, a lot of a lot of uh layers to that word you know uh, it's spider-man coming kind of coming home to the marvel universe because he was you know owned by he's still kind of owned by sony as an ip but they're kind of bringing him back in um to to the mcu and making him a part of all these other movies um and just a few other things to mention, you know, uh, Zendaya, even though she doesn't really have that big of a part, like such like the few moments that she is on just really, really fun, really funny, such like so like sharp. Um, and Donald like, Glover also did really and amazing. Donald Glover. Yes, yes. Yeah, he has he has one of my favorite lines where they're talking about the sandwiches and Tom Holland, uh, Spider-Man is just like, Oh, it, they have too much bread. And he's like, I like I bread. Like bread. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Um, can we talk about Tony's Tony being a dad? Trying to yes. be a dad? Yes, of course. The father-son relationship. Yeah. And then also like trying not to be his dad, but being his dad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also re- making reference to his own father. He's like, I'm sounding just like my father, you know, and having that that like parental uh, uh, like moment I think most parents have when they're just like, ah, oh, crap. Like I'm being like my parents now. Ah, you know, what, what, what do you think about that? I mean, that's why I think that this is the best take of Spider-Man because you're just like, oh, everybody's had a parent kid relationship or like, if, so if you are the age more, more close to Tony Stark and it's been a while since you've been in high school, you like, you can remember, you can be in both shoes. And I think that's what makes this such a relatable story. And, and like, you you can go on the journey of being the kid too, or vice versa. Like, so it's just, um, I don't know. It's just, that's what makes this one so smart and heartfelt. I yeah. And, and I think just the fun and comeuppance of having to see, you know, Tony, who was, you know, such a rebel at the beginning of the MCU and like kind of like, you know, screw authority. I'm going to do what I want. And now having to be the authority over this kid who really just wants to, you know, you know, prove himself to him so much. So, so much. So similarly, how like Tony wanted to prove himself to his father and know that he was proud of him. Um, but, you know, now Tony having to be like the hand to be like, ah, stop it. Just like stay where you are. Stay a, a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man uh, as he, he's known in the comics. Um, yeah. And, and you know, just the, I, I thought that was really fun. Um, uh, one other fun kind of like a tidbit is the fact that the woman who plays Karen, which is kind of an unfortunate name now for the AI <laughs> that uh, uh, Spider-Man talks to, is played by Jennifer Connelly, who is actually the real-life wife of Paul Bettany, who played Jarvis. So another little weird connection tidbit in, uh, happening in the MCU. Um, yeah, and just, and just overall, again, one of my favorite uh, MCU movies, especially one of my favorite movies that, like, is kind of like the first in the trilogy, the first movie of like the character in terms of like introducing them into the spider into the MCU and having their own movie. Um, and, and, and I also really um, appreciate how like all the big action set pieces were so different. Like they literally like went and used all different types of transportation. There was like an action scene on a, on a, on a train. Uh, and uh, oh wait, was it? No, the action scene on uh, the plane and then there was like the boat and then there was like the car scene, like the chase scene through the neighborhood. Um, so, yeah. So I thought oh, I, really I, I like that. They, I think, ended up on Staten Island. Right. That was like the Staten Island pier we saw. And I was like, oh, this is a different new take on New York. I think so much of Marvel movies and superhero movies, it's always like in downtown Manhattan or something. And it was nice for it to be on a side of New York, we normally don't get to see. True. True. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I, I don't think I've ever been to Staten Island. 
Have you guys ever been to Staten Island? I have. It was like once really late at late-ish at night. And we got, <laughs> I think we got county dogs. I don't remember. I just remember it was like a little dicey because it was getting dark really fast. This was like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. I've been to Coney Island. That's different. Maybe right? I'm actually, no, I think maybe I might be confusing Coney Island for Stan Island. Mm-hmm. Don't We're remember. Clearly not East Coasters. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like, not. And the East Coasters are like, ah. <laughs> like, How dare like, they? Yeah. And, yeah. And, California. And this, this, I mean, the, the whole scene at the, um, like, Washington Monument and the spelling. Oh, yes. Bee. I mean, that they use that location and that then it's just so uh, like a really good use of the Washington Monument and like building it up. I love how it incorporates things that you did in high school. Like, you know, like like a what, what, what's the name of their team? They're like um, the academic decathlon. Yeah, decathlon. yeah. Yeah. And and that, you know, he uses that like they, they do a good job of using these high school like big events that happen in your life and then still balancing that with having to go and try his super suit and like navigate that and be away from it. So they really like keep the stakes alive. Um, yeah. Homecoming dance, uh, do going to a party, you know? Um, yeah. Kind of standard high school, you know, events, but also, you know, with the background of like, and we live in the world of the Avengers where superhero stuff happens. I also like their new take on the cool popular kid because he wasn't really popular. Like he wasn't your stereotypical jock. He was just cool because he was Peter's like worst enemy. Right. And then like that scene where he's like DJing, I was like, yeah, I guess that would be the now version of like the jock with like the red solo cups. Right. Is like you're wealthy enough to have a DJ set and like to be able to DJ and like bring it to a party. It was great. Yeah. And he just like kind of just stays on Peter's ass the whole time. And he's just like, I'm why are you being so weird? Just figure out. But I think they also have his own. He has his own little tiff with peter because i feel like everyone likes him everyone likes peter and like you know and they know he's a smart kid and here he he's going off and like doing whatever like and just disappearing yeah. and then flash is just like i'm here i'm smart too i want to do things and they're just like as, like the thing i did feel bad for flash that one little moment where like peter shows up and he's like can i be on the team again and he's like no you can't just show up and they're like yes thank you <laughs> i think i died when he he's telling his date he knows what a fresh branzino is <laughs> and i was like that's still so nerdy because like i a branzino is a fish like what 15 16 year old knows what a good cut of fish is and i'm like you're such a nerd <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean that's a big thing like okay to just to like shit more on toby mcguire's spider-man um <laughs> i like the thing is when you go back and watch it because i feel i i rewatched it and not like a few years ago so like recent enough i just like wh- i'm watching it, you're like he's so painfully like almost an 80s stereotype of a of a nerd a geek huh. and it's just like he everybody makes fun of him everybody hates him and you're just like this doesn't happen nowadays or like it's almost too broad for even back then that mm-hmm. that now he's like quaking he has like a soft voice you're just like he's you're like i want to beat him up you know i want to go back and bully him so i <laughs> like when you're watching like tom holling you're like he is you know he, he's charming people the other kids like him yeah you know, there's just like okay it, it it's kind of like that new i mean more modern where like being an overachiever, being a nerd, it's more cool, you know, or everybody feels awkward and we're all kind of awkward in different ways. And I think that that's just a more realistic take. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so. and, and even Liz too, like she's, you know, he, he pines after her, but she's not just like this unattainable, like figure who like, whenever they interact with each other, she's like, aloof to how he's acting you know she's like she's smart and I I like the fact that they made it a part of her character that she like she's really dedicated to like her schoolwork, and she's just like you know I I actually read a book about how to be a good leader so you know I'm I'm trying to do my best um can we talk about how she truly has like the saddest arc in the story like well yeah 
she and on the night of prom, like unknown to her is like, she's up, she loses her dad. I was like, oof, that is, and she has to move away and start over. And like, and her date runs out on her. Yeah. I was like, Oh, this poor girl. This is like, this is truly a sad arc. Like, yeah. Makes you think what, what her story is continuing on. I literally was going to ask, Hey, I hope we don't do spoilers for me, Joe, (laughs) 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 but I hope we get to see her again just to see, you know, what happens to her later down the line. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if it does or doesn't. I wonder if there's some like connection to the comics where maybe that character at some point comes back and it's just yeah. like Spider-Man ruined my life. I'm going to get him, you know, yeah. and they does he, he uh, tombs protects him in jail. Right. Spider-Man at the end of that the was that, that was the post credit. Right. That yeah. He, he yeah. Didn't give him up because he saved his life uh, from the wreckage. Yeah. Because he pulled him from the fire. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, that the that great Marvel, you know, duality they have with like their characters and villains, like, you know, how good how good is good, how bad is bad. Um, you know, they have the ability sometimes to cross over to the other side. Yeah. Um the baddie in jail was not a previous bad guy we had seen, right? No, no. Okay, because he said something where he was like, This is for Spider-Man. And I was like, Oh crap, I don't recognize him. Well, he was he was on the boat. Uh, and he was one of the people that they were uh, selling the arms. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And yeah, and then you know it ends with a very like interesting arc for Peter. You know, the whole movie he was just like really eager to be part of the Avengers. They finally invite him to be, and he's just like, oh, I I went through some you know dramatic stuff, and I am willing to stay close to the ground. I've learned my lesson. Um, and you know it the, that funny twist of them just being like, yep, it was a test. Go back home, and then they actually were had expected to like, you know, introduce Have a him. Whole press tour. Yeah. Can we talk about too just how big a deal when uh, I'm realizing as I'm thinking about how I felt watching the movie when Tony reveals to Peter that he was the one who sent the FBI. I was yeah. like. Okay, Tony, like, yeah, I mean, hero, you're obviously probably too busy to handle this stuff. But the fact that you're working with government agents now and trusting them to handle this, like, I remember this is a post Civil War Tony, you know, post Sokovia Accord. So now he's probably doing a lot more to work with the authorities when things like stuff this come up versus being, you know, like the rogue Tony that from the beginning of the MCU. So, you know, and which, you know, which adds more to the fact that like he's trying to be more of the authority for Peter. And he's just being like, you know, okay, yes, we did listen to you, but we, so we let people know. So you don't have to do anything, you know, listen to me now <laughs> um, type thing. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, uh, overall, I think a, a really great, uh, like, as we agree, a really great movie in addition to the MCU. And as it said at the end, Spider-Man will be back. So we will be seeing him more. Um, what One other quick thing to mention, one of my favorite lines at the end was uh, Vision's not big on doors or walls. And referencing again how Vision likes to float through doors. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, uh, again, a, a great way to, like, introduce Spider-Man, but also, you know, uh, embed it specifically in the MCU. Um, so yeah. Oh, and then may at the end, figuring out that he's Spider-Man and being like, what the F, um, you know, leaving little threads for us that will definitely be picked up along the way. Um, so let's go ahead and transition to our stretch and share, um, where we share a little bit of highlight of our week and also stretch ourselves out a little bit. Um, I'm going to go ahead and offer a stretch and just doing some like shoulder rolls, some arm rolls and swings back and forth. And yeah, go ahead. Quincy, what's, what's something you want to share? I, uh, I am buying a new couch. Yay. And I did the adult thing and I'm getting a U-Haul and a U-Haul is actually, I guess, not that much now that I am in my, I'm an, an adult now. Um, and I'm not 20, a U-Haul is only $50. And now I'm like, crap, like I really should just get a U-Haul to get furniture I want instead of trying to beg my friends to let me borrow their big cars or try to load it into <laughs> my car. Wait, so you're going to pick it up in a U-Haul? Mm-hmm. Okay, they didn't have like a delivery service or anything? Oh, this is like a, uh, uh, it's a secondhand. Owned oh, okay. Couch. The friend's That's couch, cool. she's moving. And I was like, I will take this couch. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, doing it for yourself. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what to do with this futon, but 
You'll have to go. I think I'm over futons now, guys, in light of like this being my second or third. Like you think it's going to be great because it's a two for one, but it's never great as a sofa. It's like you don't get the it's just bad both ways. Yeah, it's not. It's like uh, it, the it's like diminished on both sides. It's like, yeah. you know, not fully a couch, not fully. a Yeah, it's not lay down. Thing. Yeah. yeah, no, I'd rather sleep on the floor. So I'm getting a new couch. I'm excited. It's blue. Um, and now I'm like, should I get new cushions for it? So if you guys, oh, if you guys have good places to get new, like cutesy cushions, please let me know. Throw pillows. Okay, cool. I will say I, I just went on Amazon to buy some new pillows and the, what's, what's kind of difficult is like, they, they are constantly trying to push, uh, like covers on you, like pillow covers, not the actual pillows that are already covered. Um, so that was difficult. It was, I was like, why is this so hard <laughs> just to buy a pillow? That's just a pillow with a cover on it. it keeps trying to be sell me pillows without covers and then the covers. Um, so just something to keep in mind. Um, but my share actually this week is, um, you know, I was, uh, it, I mentioned it before. I've been watching a uh, diary of a future president on Disney plus a really cute, fun show, um, about, you know, a girl who is kind of an overachiever in middle school. Um, and you know, she's, uh, the premise is like, she's in middle school, but eventually be- she becomes the president. So this is kind of like part of her journey of like trying to figure out whether or not she can, she can, you know, achieve that. Um, then I, I, there's, I have a soft spot for, uh, shows or any media that, uh, that, uh, stars young, uh, overachieving Brown girls. <laughs> Cause it reminds me so much of myself. Um, so yeah, so I highly, highly recommend it's on Disney plus right now. Um, and yeah, so Joe, uh, any share you would like to offer? You know what? Um, so what my share, and I, I think this, this is a share that I can share. Because I'm, but no, I won't give spoilers, but what's kind of cool. I got to see, um, for the WGA podcast, I got to see an interview, the screenwriter of Shang-Chi the ah. coming up, uh, Dave Callahan, um, on WGA third in Fairfax. And, um, that like, so I saw it and it's great. It's so good. I'm so, I just like, hi, 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 recommend it. Um, and such like talking about action scenes, you know, with Spider-Man homecoming, it's up there with one of my, one of my favorite Marvel films now. Great. So, oh, that's so good. That's so good to hear. Cause yeah, yeah it's such a, uh, I mean, I feel like it's going to be similar to, you know, black Panther of having a moment for a specific community and culture, uh, and really like showcasing that, uh, we can have, uh, those type our, our type of people, those type of people that are, you know, shining as the stars of their own franchise. Um, yes. Very excited. Very excited. It's to super see cool Shang-Chi. that it delivered. Yeah. 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 I'm so super excited. I will. Tony Lung is just smoldering. He is just, I mean, I loved, uh, you know, in the mood for love 2046. Um, he's great. And Chunking Express and um, he was like in this other Ang Lee film. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm bringing. He plays a villain in that. Um, so like once you see that, you you're like, oh, he's just a charismatic villain. What's interesting too is like I know Hollywood has been trying to like break the code in terms of like being you know it's to get to the Asian market, and it's like it would be to use international hong kong chinese korean actors and putting in putting them in a marvel movie like why not like yeah put jet lee as like an evil villain people would come to see him all over the world a hundred percent and you know what's funny is i like tony lung i've he's in so many international films that you forget that he um i didn't know he spoke english so well and that sounds like such a like western thing to say but i actually have only seen him like either speak mandarin or cantonese in films and you're like oh he's like raised in hong kong of course he in interviews and everything you go back like oh yeah he's like he speaks um fluently you know like but besides being an international star which is like you know i think he's He's made for this. I'm like, why haven't we thought of this before with Tony Lung? I don't know. (laughs) 
So that's my, um, yeah. And hopefully as they do all Marvel things, we see these wonderful people come back over and over and over again. So we can continue to enjoy their great performances. Um, so that's our stretch and share for today. Let's go ahead and transition into the makeup portion, um, where we're going to talk a little bit about some of the Fenty, uh, items that Joe uses. Yes. Joe do share. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, okay. So I, the Fenty items that I have, um, I have, I actually have just have their eyeliners okay. um, and one of their lipsticks. So the eyeliners that I've got from Fenty are these three different shades. Oh, oh they're, they're colored, uh, they're colored eyeliners. They're pencil, yeah. right? Yeah. They're, they're pencils. They really like are so great. Cause, um, I just like they're they're so smooth to go on and then they give you like such a great color, especially this blue. It's like an electric blue. Can you pop um, off the top just so we could see? Oh, sure. So like that. And then you can see oh, that. pretty. That's a really pretty blue. Yeah. And it's like once it's on, it's almost like you don't have to wear eyeshadow. Yeah. You could do oh. a base. But it, it it it's like very creamy, you know, when mm. you put it on and it pops. I also like the pink too. And um, I had been looking for a white uh, eyeliner, and I actually got a liquid one that's not Fenty. And then once I like bought, I was like, oh, this is so much better because it glides on. You oh, know? is it? Do you get the accuracy of a liquid eyeliner? I I think so. Without like the without the liquid liner being like, you know. You know, if you make a mistake, you're like, oh, I have to like wipe it Start off over. And like, or like make it so thick. I think it kind of allows for that flexibility, almost like a crayon, but better, uh, you know, it just like glides and it's like a little like thicker. Um, I can put it on. Should I just put it on? Could or? you please? Sure, sure. I, I guess. So it looks a lot thicker than like the pencil that you've had me use in the past, Quincy. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it, that's what it looks like. Oh, okay. Oh, this is an interesting. Okay, so you're what I've done previously is like do that Q-tip Ooh. thing. Wow. So that's yeah, a that's I'm using a pretty, my that's a pretty <laughs> thick thick line. It's not just on the on the what do you call it the T the lid the oh the tear line uh, the, the 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 there's the tight line and the then, tight line yeah the tight line I think is yeah. Mm-hmm. Good job, Kay. Wow. Wow. That's, that's cool. Yeah. And it does look like you have eyeshadow on as well. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a double, like a double whammy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what, what, uh, where would you wear this, these, uh, colored, uh, eyeliners out to, would it be like to a party or would you even use them for a day look? I mean, she could, if Joe popped up like this to a work meeting, like it looks great. It's like a little pop of color. It's a little fun. Um, you don't have to. That's the other thing too, Kate, is like, I think now before it was like, oh, you got to reserve looks for certain things. I think with now, like if Joe wanted to wear blue eyeliner today to work, she absolutely could. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Have you have have you worn blue eyeliner to work, Joe, before? Yeah, I think like to like, you know, like a works drink or like just like, you know, a casual dinner with some friends too, or like I would wear, if I were to a work thing, I'd probably like dress a little more understated, you know, and then, oh. and like kind of professional and then have that like pop of color yeah. with your eye. Um, and again, it's so like things aren't fighting and contrast fighting right. for attention. Uh, Cause if right. she were blue and then we're like, unless she's like color blocking, right? Like unless you're doing, you're deliberately going for a very like I could also see like if you did the blue and got like a nice salmon and like a pink, you're going for like a very like starburst look that would work. But like if you're again, like I wouldn't wear her blue eyeshadow with this shirt because it would just fight like the graphics on this shirt would fight the brightness and it would be like, oh, there's a lot going on. Okay. But like she, you right now, Joe, you have on just like a black, a black top. So, oh, and, and we'll do like a white design, but there's not that much pattern. Punk rock. Yeah. And it's like, it looks really punky altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause when, cause when you did start talking about what you would wear, 
Like I thought, oh, maybe you would wear like a, uh, like a, like a suit, like a, like a, like a blue suit, but that that's wrong. She could do that. No, she could do that. Absolutely. If she like matched, um, got like a similar kind of color, like she could either wear the same color or go a little lighter or go a little darker. And then like underneath it, which you, you know, probably keep it again, simple. Like it'd probably be, again, there's, there's a world of combinations. There's no right or wrong to do it, but it's just mm-hmm. about, Except when I try. (laughs) No, no, no. Okay. Because you're still learning. You're still figuring it out. It's just Mm -hmm. keeping it simple so that like, it's not again, fighting for attention. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, today I, I was trying to go from like a subtle day look as well. Again, I, I, I did do my T line uh, with black eyeliner. Um, Mm -hmm. very, uh, very light, um, and then I, and then I curled my eyelashes. Are you supposed to curl your eyelashes after you put eyeliner on? Cause I did notice that once I curled my eyelashes, eyeliner got on the bottom of my, of my eye. So what, did I do that in the wrong order? I think it depends. I think for me, what do I do? I will do it after, uh, bef- Oh, I don't know. It's been a minute since I wore a uh, mascara. I, well, I didn't put probably, mascara on. I just had eyeliner. I see. It just, it, you probably got some product on your lash curler. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I probably, uh, so, so then it fell on I, my... I probably do eyeliner, then I curl my eyelashes. I don't know. What do you do, Joe? Um, I will do eyeliner. Then I would do, I actually I would do mascara next. And then I would do. Uh, oh, interesting. Like, interesting. Uh, I do the opposite i curl my lashes then put mascara on oh interesting i think that i like you know like when when you have the mascara on and then you i use the eyeliner so that it kind of like crinkles it a little bit and i feel like it stays it stays a little but i haven't been using um i used to use a it was it's this japanese brand of like um i think it's a shoe is it shishido no, not Shishido. It's like a Shu Yumura um, uh, eyelash curler. I used to use that one a lot. It has like a really good spring and then it would really like pop. Like really. You're like the second person who said to me, I used to use a Japanese eyelash curler and it was amazing. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I think I just honestly with, with Zoom and stuff, I like do it less. Uh, it's called, yeah, it's. It's a Shu Yumura. I'm butchering it. Um, eyelash curler. And mm. that thing, I mean, it was good. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> I um, almost didn't find my eyelash curler today. I, I, I've, I've, I've gotten so many, so much new makeup lately that it's mostly in like gallon bags and then like a basket. And then for some reason, the eyelash curler went down to the bottom of the basket. <laughs> Um, so that, that was difficult. And, and also, um, I am wearing glasses today. Usually I wear contacts, but, but I'm having kind of a bit of an eye issue. Mm. So I decided to use, a do my makeup, but still wear, uh, glasses. It's harder. It's much harder <laughs> to put on makeup when you can't see. Um, so that, do you have any tips for that Quincy of like when you're putting makeup on and you're you're not. I will usually, I don't know if you, and Joe, I'd love to hear your tips. I either get really close to the mirror or put all my contacts in and then pop them out and then put my glasses on. Oh yeah. My vision is very poor. My, yeah. <laughs> my vision is very bad. Yeah. This is for ways to not get the makeup on your glasses or no, just uh, how to put makeup on when you don't have when you're, when you're, when you're to, wearing when your you're, glasses, yeah. When you're trying not to wear contacts for the day. So like, like when I, I don't, I, when I take my glasses off and I was putting on the makeup, I was like, it's very, you know, it's hard to see cause you're not wearing the glasses and you don't have contacts in. So mm. I, it was harder for me to be like, like when I was doing my eyeliner, I was just like, like, I can't, am I, is that where it's supposed to go? <laughs> <laughs> that's so hard. I'm, I'm very, I, that, that's really hard. I really, I'm, I wish I had tips because like, I don't wear eyeglasses. I don't wear glasses. Oh, you don't do wear glasses. Like, Perfect. No, I don't. I, I, pro- I know. It's like, do you read? <laughs> like everybody, read. I don't wear glasses. So I'm like, wow. Oh, you, you wake up in the morning and just pop out of bed. 
Like, it's like, it's like your superpower. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Normal. Like, you know, what's funny. There was a year in high school, my senior year where like, I'd be at the end. It started to like get a little fuzzy. If it was like in red, like if the board would be in, if it was like red marker and like, I was at the back of the classroom. So I got glasses just so I could look cute. And, uh, and now I'm just bragging. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, this is a terrible story. We are living vicariously through you. I'm like, yes. literally salivating. I'm like, oh, what is that like? I know. Yeah. I, I, my husband doesn't have glasses. There's a good chance we'll have children one day that won't need glasses. I feel, I feel like that's the exception to the rule now. Like so many people I know more have bad vision than good I vision. I see little kids with glasses and like they're really little. So they have like the goggle glasses, not real glasses because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they'll lose them. It's so cute because they look like they're going swimming, but like, you know, they're glass. <laughs> I see like small children with them and I, you know, it's probably from being on a phone or a tablet for so long or like laptop. Like I mean, I, I've had bad vision since I was real, real young. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I always had it. Yeah. Before, before the screens were a thing, my I eyes were no good. Reading books. So not a screen, <laughs> the opposite <laughs> of a screen. <laughs> yeah. Are you both like farsighted or nearsighted? Cause I kind of get them confused sometimes. Just uh, I, I think I'm I oh, think I'm shoot. one or the other. I'm. I think I'm both. <laughs> you I think, think you're one? Yeah, you're probably one or the other. <laughs> no, sorry. I think I'm, I'm. I'm one in both. I have astigmatism in both eyes, and I don't. Do you guys? Do you have the same prescription in your eyes, Kay? Because mine are different. And no, my, mine are different. On yeah, my, one is one is one is uh slightly stronger than the other one, yeah. but so it, they're different in my glasses. But when I wear contacts, they're the same. Um, yeah, because it's so, it's so, so different that if I, if I wear contacts that are slightly different, like I get headaches. Um, so they said it's, it's better for me just to have the same prescription when I write, when I have contacts, but in my glasses, one slightly, slightly stronger because one of the eyes. I want to try your glasses on and see, (laughs) cause I still have yet. Every time I've, have I've someone has tried my glasses, they're just like, whoa, that's what everyone says are, about my glasses. Yeah. You are not, uh, good with the sight. I have um, eyes. Yeah. Um, ever since I was a kid, ever since I was a kid. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> we almost forgot our thematic tie-in. What I wanted to say was because Joe was bringing in like new stuff for us to like look at and talk. I was like, you know, just like new powers. You just got to try them on. Huh. Yeah, yeah try him. Just like how Spider-Man got new powers and new gadgets and new gizmos, and he just had to taste. Uh, he just had to test them. Yeah, figure it, figure it out figure as it, it out. goes. Yeah. Um, my my thematic tie-in for the makeup was, um, you know, Rihanna. Uh, her Fenty line uh, debuted in 2017, and this was Spider-Man's debut into the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both had their homecomings. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our Marvel uh, makeup portion yeah. for today and the end of our podcast. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it was such a blast to have you. Um, and, you know, where would you like it? Is, is there anything you would like can, to let yeah, people to know? Plug? Yeah. Do you have anything to plug, to share? Is there something coming up that you want you're excited to talk about? Or where on social media, if, if you people like people to come you. find you, feel free to let us know. Oh, sure. Yeah. And thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Green Jang, J O green like the color jang z-h-a-n-g the n you know i'm on the socials like that and um uh yeah i i'm super excited for my podcast uh with dave Callahan um and on third and fairfax so if you listen and like to talk writer nerd things like that's the podcast for you or on twitter too so thanks for having me thank thank, thank you. you yeah I, great a great podcast i just listened to your episode with jen's 
Jen Statsky. So, uh, really good, really and informative. Um, well, thank you again. And if you'd like to reach out to us at Marvel Makeup, I'll find out more about us. Feel free to follow us on all social media at Marvel Makeup, or you can email us at marvelmakeuppod at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. And please give us five stars so that our Asian moms will know that we're actually pretty entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you, you you figure out they're so surprised when you tell them. They're like, really? People? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, everyone. We'll catch you next time on Marvel and Makeup. Yay! Marvel Makeup is hosted and produced by Quincy Cho and Kay Kanapu. Quincy is an actor-writer based in Los Angeles, California. Kay is a writer-performer for Filipino AF and an alum of the CBS Diversity Sketch Showcase. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Quincy Dinosaur and at Kay Kanapu. The music for Marvel Makeup was composed by Clarence Yap and our artwork was designed by Patty Lynn. You can find them on Instagram at Clarence underscore Yap and at PattyLynn.jpg. See our show notes for even more info. Marvel Makeup is also a member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a network of Asian American hosted podcasts. Please check out our fellow Potluck pods by going to the website, podcastpotluck.com. Life gets a little crazy sometimes. Sometimes it's confusing, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's beautiful, and sometimes it can just piss us off. Enter First of All Podcast. It's a safe space for real conversations about the things that we all struggle with, celebrate, contemplate, and work through in our daily lives. I'm your host, Mindy Chang. I'm an actor, filmmaker, and entrepreneur with a colorful background, a full life, and brilliant friends who I love to unpack life with to share with all of you. They are everyday people like you and me, ranging from award-winning artists, cultural icons, powerful CEOs, my hilarious childhood friends, and even my mom. Tune in for honest conversations on mental health, dating, sex, family, career, culture, and everything in between. Listen to First of All wherever you find podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Did your mom teach you how to make do makeup when you were growing up? No, not really, but she did wear red lipstick. But um, I actually learned from a library book. Um, <laughs> Library I book? a library book that was like Christy Brinkley teaches <laughs> like it was like a Christy Brinkley like an 80s model which is like it was old in the library when I went went and then it like I, I just like read her lifestyle Christy Brinkley book and it like taught me how to that's do so funny. and I remember the tips. I oh wow it. that's like, funny wait like, Joe were you like looking for it or did you like stumble upon it and was like this is the key to everything. I stumbled upon it and was like, oh, Christy Brinkley, like, and it must have been like 20 years old by that time, but I was Dang. like still looking through it. And it was yeah. like, uh, but I still use the tips, like where to use concealer. Like I always like cover here. Yep. And then here and then like spots. Yeah. And I still use the same like technique for that. And then just over time playing around with it, you know? Yeah, I'm going to look that up. Christy Brinkley makeup. (laughs)